Welcome back to Range Anxiety. It's that time of the week. It's the midweek session. I'm sitting here all on my lonesome. Yeah, not too popular at the moment. Big poles away working. He's got his pet shop up and going now and doing very well. No, seriously, he's at uh, up at the mines doing his thing that he does and uh, keeping away from the madness that is uh, the automotive industry at the moment. Thank you to uh, Leslie Gore for It's My Party and I'll cry if I want to. It's an interesting sort of lead-in to today's Epicast, isn't it? Because, uh, <sighs> to see that sigh, bit of an eye roll going on there too, because that's all I do at the moment, it's seemingly, anyway, is deal with people that are crying. You know, not so much of what I've done to them, but what the big, bad, nasty world out there is doing and why that their cars, their beautiful project cars, that they've dreamt up in their heads while spending too you know, much time alone in the room without any mirrors, why it's taking so long to build. Now, normally I've covered this uh, before in previous Epicast. Your average mechanics shop that builds performance cars is just a fucking shambles. There's cars pushed in corners everywhere, half done, half baked, you know, shit spread around, not enough manpower, not enough interest and, you know, taking payments monthly to survive and not spending them on finishing your car. That has been a common theme for many, many years. And, you know, like I've said before, in this industry, the aftermarket automotive industry, you don't need to be particularly qualified or skilled to set yourself up as an expert with a candy shop, you know, and um, they come in there and they lick your lollipop. And go ahead and don't you stop till you've emptied their wallet. Whoa! You know what I mean? That's normally what happens. And it's shit and it's a shame. But you'd think over the years that it may have conditioned a lot of people that, you know, like their cars and getting their car builds done to realise that none of this shit happens quickly. Now, that's how it always was. Now, let's fast forward a little to 2022 and let's see how it is. You know, there are a number of good operators out there, obviously. You don't have to look around too far to find them. You just got to use um, your actual own judgment and some factual evaluation to find those that are running a candy shop and those that are running a proper car building professional exercise that can deliver you something on time. But it's bad now. Um, because, you know, we had that little thing called COVID, which is the greatest excuse for anything. Uh, I fell over and broke my leg, COVID. Uh, all my staff left and are partying in Bali and never coming back, COVID. You know, COVID is the answer for everything, but it's not. You know, some people call it the pandemic or the scandemic. I mean, I believe it's real and lots of people are sick over it. You know, I wasn't particularly well when I had it, but it has messed with people's heads. And that's probably the bit I blame the government for more than anything else, because people now think they've only got like, you know, six weeks to live till the next pandemic. And uh, so we're just not going to do anything and just party and blow it all. So what, it, what it's done is it's made, you know, you've heard me talk about this before. It's made the supply chain a very, very difficult um, because, you know, we need booger shuckers. We need, you know, nose pickers. We need everyone from top level management to the entry-level junior worker all pulling together and all doing their work to make this thing called the supply chain happen. So let me tell you how it all started. Well, let me tell you where it is first. 
I ordered a supercharger that I just got from America. Top brand. Starts with a work. Took me 11 and a half months to get the kit from payment. 11 and a half months for a bloody supercharger kit that pre-pandemic would have been probably a month and a half. Right. Put that, put that in your pipe and smoke it. And while you're stuffing stuff in your pipe to smoke it, I'm building a big LS at the moment. Or having one built, sorry. Like a good one, like a proper one, like a 2,000 horsepower capable LS. What's holding it up? A set of rockers. You know, those horrible things that stupid pushrod engines have? How long do you reckon the weight on the rockers is? Well, they give it in weeks because in months you'd want to neck yourself. It's 22 weeks. So let's just say half a year waiting for a set of bloody rockers for a pushrod V8. So how did this happen? What went on? Well, it wasn't just the pandemic. It helped, and it gave people the mindset that they could pretty much do whatever they wanted um, when it came to not working. It all started for me back in uh, 2020, late and early 2021, when we had containers of product held up off um, the uh, LA ports. Ports of LA is huge, right? And it's sort of the whole um, intravenous supply chain flow into the west coast of the USA. Now, we had a ship out there with a 20-foot container bobbing around on it for like three months because there was no one there to unload it. And once it was unloaded, there was nowhere there to put it because trucks weren't coming in to pick up the containers and take them out. So there was just this huge bottleneck in the ports of LA, and that is where all of the world's problems started, in my opinion, well, in, at least in the automotive aftermarket game. You see, people had COVID and was sick and didn't go to work. People decided to take a few weeks off. Authorities thinking that it wasn't going to be busy because, you know, half the world was going to die of COVID, allayed people off. And then all of a sudden, when the demand came, when everyone's sitting at home scrolling, you know, left or right to buy things on their phone, there was no one left to actually do the work. So these ships bobbed around out there in the ocean for months. I mean, literally months, right? Till someone could unload them and, uh, you know, start distributing the product. So your orders that you had in, in the States for performance parts, didn't have in a lot of cases, most of the raw materials come from China. Let's not kid ourselves, you know. We can be honest here on range anxiety, you know. We're not talking about Stellantis. I just did that for you, big Paul, since you can't be here today. Um, let's be honest about it. You know, most of the stuff comes from China, so your order's already held up for two, three months because the ship was bobbing around out there in the port of LA. Now when you get that raw material a few months late into the foundries and, and uh, factories where it's then processed into a, a material object, half of their staff are missing too. I mean, I know one, I know one small foundry over there in the States that at one stage had 50% of their staff down due to COVID. Yikes. And then some of them don't come back. So just like sitting at home doing nothing, particularly in Australia, it's not so much an American thing because we gave them a, a ton more money to sit at home and not work. So what do you think people were actually going to do? Do you think they were going to go to work and work for the same money they could get from the government sitting on their ass at home doing nothing? You've got to be kidding me, Mr. Marshmallow. I think that was Mr. Scomo. But yeah, so then there's no one there to work on the stuff in the foundry. So they get held up by a couple of months. Then, then, of course, it goes to the end 
shop that, you know, processes it in terms of puts final machining, engraves their name on it, whatever it is, um, loosely and roughly assembles it. Uh, I mean, roughly in a lot of cases now, because, you know, they've got to grab any staff they can that'll actually work, even if they're unskilled and untrained. So loosely and roughly assembles it, jams it in a box, and then puts it back onto a courier to you. So all of, all of a sudden we've lost six months, which would normally be a seven-month exercise. Oh, sorry, a one-month exercise has become a seven-month exercise. And, normal, and, and, and in a lot of cases, as in the case of that supercharger I was talking about, it's a lot, lot worse than that. And then, of course, the costs have gone through the roof because unknowing, well, I, I don't understand it. I mean, I know the price of fuel's gone up, but, you know, the bar a barrel of oil right now as we sit here recording this is a pre um Ukraine war prices, so you can't blame, blame you know, the, the, the Russian-Ukraine thing as being, you know, the, the answer for everything. We're now back to January 2022 oil prices, yet uh, freight and transport is at, at least double. You know, we used to ship containers a year ago for 6,500 US to the port of LA. Now the same container at the same weight is 17,000 US. So let's look at nearly a factor of three in transport pricing, you just go like, what? How does that work? So everything becomes more and more expensive. Now add to this that the US dollar at the moment is on a bull run. God only knows why, maybe because of Jerome Powell, uh, the jacking rates, the Fed so much that people think it's a good investment. And we're down to the lowest level in terms of um, Australian dollar versus US dollar, pretty much since March 2020, when the shit really hit the fan. So everything's going to get so much more expensive, even than it already has, which means that buying parts in from overseas, not only do you wait forever, but you're going to be paying double once you add the exchange rate and the uh, transport cost. In. You're going to be it's just double. You know, you're going to cop it. It's going to get so much more expensive and the wait times are going to get longer because what's the way out of this? The way out of this is to have more skilled staff, train more staff, uh, be able to ease uh, burden with fuel prices, which isn't going to happen. So I can't see, I cannot see the actual logistics and the supply of anything you want for your car that comes from the United States or pretty much actually anywhere because none of these rabbits held stock. And if they did, it got cleaned out in the initial rush. Um, it's going to get worse and worse. And so, you know, I think a year-long wait on your average part, whether it be like a, a camshaft and springs kit in some instances or anything specialty, like specialty high-end roller rockers and things like that, is just going to be a fucking nightmare. So my advice to you is do not do it unless you have to. You know, I have people ringing me up crying all the time because you tell them, Okay, this product is going to be 18 weeks. And at, they go, yep, that's okay. At nine weeks, they ring up and go, where is my product? Say, no, 18 weeks. Then at 11 weeks, this is, I, I can't stand this. I can't take this. This is unacceptable. Where's my product? No, 18 weeks. And eventually, they get to the point where it's like, okay, and they last the 18 weeks. Then when the product turns up, in 18 weeks, not from Stellantis, 
But when it turns up in 18 weeks, it's like, okay, drop everything and fit it now because I've been waiting 18 weeks. I mean, that's cool. You waited, but it doesn't give you the right to actually run someone else's business for them because you waited 18 weeks. And that is the problem with people's mindset these days is that I don't think it's COVID that's fucked people in the head. And sorry for swearing all the time, but it's something I'm quite heated about. But people are fucked in the head because they cannot wait for anything. Now, I'm the master of waiting, and it's not through planning, right? It's through simple, poor decisions. When I first started playing the stock market, I put in a fair amount of money in 2017, and I've been waiting till 2022 for it to make a reasonable gain, or at least even come green. Right, so I sat there and I looked at my screen for five fucking years while I watched my investment go drop by as much as 85%. And I lived with that every bloody day. And it was basically my life savings at the time. Right, so I sat there and I watched that happen. Terrible. Then I put in an order for a car that I really wanted, which was a Cybertruck. Might as well be made by Stellantis. So I don't even think we'll ever see it here. But I ordered that in 2019. And they haven't even started making the things yet. And they're not even going to start making them for the US till 2023. Then in 2020, late, I think it was, I ordered a Tesla Model S Plaid. Now they're making them. Scroll forward two years. And all I've got is on my Tesla account, prepare for delivery which means one day we're going to make this. And I'm not expecting, you know, people ask me all the time, where's, your, where's our plaids? Like, as if I would know. I pick up the uh, Stellantis phone and go, hey, Elon, where's everyone's plaids? I'm getting asked all the time. I've got no idea, but just judging by the way things happen, it's going to be 2023 sometime, maybe, possibly, uh, depending if the supply chain decides to screw us or not. So, yeah, I've learned a real lot of patience, uh, whether I like it or not. And no, I actually don't like waiting for things. But when you ring me up and it's like my blower is a week late, so drop everything and do it now, it's like drink a cup of cement and harden the fuck up because that's the way the world is now. And it's no use at kicking uh, the person that you're dealing with in the end-user environment because if you do, I simply will not speak to you anymore. You know, we see people, we see all these new tough measures coming in in Australia for people that beat up uh, retail workers in shops. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, you know, it's their fault because something's a little bit late. And of course, you know, there is not, there is this industry as well. And that most people that, uh, you know, big into building and modifying project cars, aren't the most patient people, don't have the best level of understanding of global process, um, and just, you know, and that's that's why they're not prepared to wait. I'm sure it's in all sorts of other industries as well. Like, I'm dealing with someone at the moment that's waiting 30 weeks for a part for their car, and it's unacceptable that it could take that long. Well, A, don't break your car, B, don't build your car, right? But see, they sell a product that takes 90 weeks to come. But that's all right, because they're not buying that for themselves. They don't give a shit. They're just worried about themselves. And that's the whole selfish nature of the business. So everyone's got to take a fucking chill pill and relax 
and realise that if you've got a beef about long lead times, take it up with the whole supply chain and logistics infrastructure because it's a fucking mess. It's not going to get better anytime soon and lead times are going to continue to get pushed out for the foreseeable future. I don't see an end to this, oh, seriously, probably ever, but I'd give it 2025. There you go. There's my long-term Nostradamus look into the abyss and see what the hell is going to happen there. Now, on a lighter note, I mean, stick with the cars you've got, do small mods, tune them up, do the cool things to them, but big, stupid builds that require, you know, millions of parts from all around the world, you're going to end up wanting to neck yourself because you're not going to be able to get anything. Now, I saw this great um, a meme. I love memes. I'm not a meme lord like Elon, but I love memes. I saw this great meme uh, on Facebook the other day, and it was a bunch of people standing, a couple of people standing around a Model S Tesla, and it's like, what if one thing had been done different a hundred years ago? And the electric cars were the staple, and the gasoline cars were just coming in. And it was so funny, because it sort of rolled this paradigm shift into, like, it made it look, the sort of things that come out of, like, indoctrinated people's mouths that don't know any better, it put them from the other perspective, like, what happens if I park my ice car in the shed and it runs? Does it kill everybody in the house? I thought that was pretty cool because it probably does. And then it's like, why do I, what happens, uh, or is it, no, it's why do I have to go um, to a gasoline station and put fuel into my car every night because I need my sleep? How do we do that? You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I didn't have time to go to a service centre. Why do I have to give up days out of my week every year to do that? And it's all of these dumb sort of um, things that we get from the booger shuckers rolled back around from an EV perspective. And I, I thought that was really quite cool because, you know, 100 years ago, we were at the tipping point where EVs could have been the thing. And it was only because of a few powerful families that had their fingers in a lot of oil-producing pies, and still do today. They're the same people that make the sheeple think oil good, EV bad. Oil good, EV bad. Those same companies were the ones that flicked it over then, and they're coming to a nasty, sad, sorry, and uh, painful end with a lot of butt hurt at the moment. Um, and they're going to go down. They're going to go down fighting, and they're going to go down swinging which is why a lot of the people that like to argue with me online, they don't actually have a clue what they're talking about. Like, I've, There's a booger shucker that argues with me. He's got a beard down to his knees and he's got half of his nasal canal, you know, congealed in it. He obviously starts to suck his beard from time to time. Now, he loves his road routers. He sells lithium ion, lithium phosphate batteries. That's how he makes his living for these road routers. Yet he gets online and he flogs anything to do with lithium and lithium-ion batteries because he's worried that it might take away the goodness of the diesel that he's using. You're not making any money out of the diesel, sweet pea. You're making money out of lithium-ion, but because you're so preconditioned by the media and big oil, you'll sit there and you'll slag off your own business to do it. You know, and say, but oh, I could get 1,800 kilometres range out of a tank. Does it matter if it was an electric EV that you're putting a secondary um, battery system into? Or does it matter that it runs on diesel? You see, people don't think about that because they're just repeating 
the same things that they've been told as sheeple. And they're the same people that will tell you the world's going to end shortly when the vaccine's activated, yet because people believed a lie that was the COVID vaccine, yet they believe the biggest lie of all. And the beauty of it is they don't even know that they've been lied to, nor do they care, nor do they realise what's coming out of their mouth. They say that nicotine was the most addictive and powerful drug in the world. I'm going to argue that and say that gasoline is and uh, all of the supply chain problems that come with it. So this week, the excise has just come off fuel, so we're all going to get back to arguing about prices again. It's going to be really, really cool. So make sure you send me some feedback to dtech, a D-T-E-C-H, at senet.com.au if you want to continue listening to Range Anxiety. And with that, bye-bye.